With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to Gamecock Central Radio. Emerson Phillips joined by Gamecock Central columnist Scott Davis, who joins us each week throughout football season to talk Gamecock football. Scott, didn't take you long Saturday night to realize that the loss to Mississippi State was not going to be a game to remember, and you're encouraging Gamecock fans this week to just go ahead and flush it. Yeah, absolutely. Take that one into the bathroom, toss it in the toilet, and flush it away. It's it's over. There's really not a whole lot to take away from this game. It was one of those games that just nothing went right for South Carolina. Sometimes in a loss, you, you find uh, glimmers of hope that you can cling to, and other than some young guys playing pretty well in the second half, there really wasn't a lot to hang your hat on. And that's just going to happen with a young team, uh, a new coaching staff sometimes. There are going to be some games like this where there's just uh, nothing's clicking for South Carolina for, for four quarters. And, you know, you can't get too hung up on it. It doesn't mean you're going to go 1-11. and um, So you just kind of have to move on. And that was my general advice. For South Carolina fans looking at some of the opponents we play, too, I think sometimes fans get caught up in the outcome of one particular game. So you see Mississippi State losing uh, the previous week to South Alabama at home, and you start chalking that up as a win. You know, you don't want to get into that. These games, single individual games, just don't tell us the story of what's going to happen throughout the whole season. Yeah, you know, the Mississippi State loss to South Alabama last week, I think, did give Gamecock fans a a sense of hope that maybe they had lagged going into the season. And you feel like if South Alabama can beat Mississippi State, certainly South Carolina can too. But physically, Mississippi State, just a superior football team, Scott. I mean, the Gamecocks really got pushed around on both sides of the football. You mentioned that in your column this week. It's up on GamecockCentral.com right now. And Mississippi State established very early in the football game that they were physically superior. Yeah, they, they look like a physical uh, SEC football team to me and to everybody who was pulling for South Carolina on Saturday night. They just uh, they dominated both lines of scrimmage. Uh, one of the scariest stats to come out of that game, Mississippi State rushing for over 290 yards. I believe they had almost six and a half yards per carry on the ground. Those are staggering numbers. And they have to scare you a little bit if you're a South Carolina fan. Right. And the upside, Scott, if there is one, is that the Gamecocks did play a lot of younger players, particularly in the second half. And Brandon McElwain, the freshman quarterback, led two touchdown drives. And South Carolina actually outscored Mississippi State 14-3 to in the second half. But it was 24 nothing Mississippi State at halftime. And they had uh, established their dominance uh, long before the second half got underway, even though we had that lengthy weather delay at halftime. But encouraging to see mm-hmm. a lot of freshmen playing and, and making some good plays in that second half. Yeah, and I think that right now it's time to give those guys every single opportunity to contribute to this football team. 
I went ahead and, and stated on Twitter on Saturday night right after the game. I think you just roll the dice with Brandon McElwain at this point. Um, I don't see what the downside of doing so is. If you're a team that's not going to challenge for the SEC championship, and I think we all know that and knew it well before the season even started, then it's hard to understand why, if you think a guy might be the quarterback of the future, that you don't go ahead and, and, and let him play. And that's certainly nothing against Perry Orr, who has played very well for South Carolina at times over the last couple of years. It's just there's really no reason not to, to really go with a, a youth movement across the board, in my mind, if you think that these are guys who can contribute and help you win games, if not now, than down the road. And so I would also caution fans to to do this, if you can, for me. And that's that, you know, fans everywhere in college football, not just South Carolina, fall in love with young quarterbacks because the tantalizing pop possibility that they may be a, a savior of sorts for the program is just too difficult to <laughs> too difficult a temptation to turn away from. But Brandon McIlwain, if he does indeed go on and play a lot of snaps this season, is going to make some mistakes. And he made several on Saturday night. It wasn't a dominant performance by any stretch of the imagination. There were some overthrown receivers and uh, some some plays where he looked to scramble, as he did against Vandy, without really letting the play kind of open up to him. So just because I'm saying that, I think he, he deserves every opportunity to play doesn't mean that I'm predicting that he's going to come out and set the world on fire immediately because I don't. And so I hope fans will be patient with these young guys. Yeah, and a lot of folks uh, curious to see if McIlwain will get the start for the home opener this coming Saturday against East Carolina. That game set for a 4 o'clock kickoff, the first home game of the Will Muschamp era, South Carolina and East Carolina. East Carolina coming off what I would describe as a mild upset win over North Carolina State. So East Carolina coming mm-hmm. in with a new head coach this year as well, and they're coming off a, a big win for their program against an in-state rival last week. So we figure it's going to be a yeah. dogfight on Saturday. Scott, there were five games, I think, that everyone agreed that the Gamecocks were going to have a hard time winning this year, even in the best-case scenario. Georgia, Tennessee, Texas A&M, Florida, Clemson, all, all five of those games, the Gamecocks, we figured, would have a hard time winning. But uh, that left seven games on the schedule, and if the Gamecocks mm-hmm. could win six of those – we're looking at a bowl trip, which would be a positive thing, and it would double the Gamecocks' win total from a year ago. So uh, two of those games, the seven that you mentioned in your column this week that the Gamecocks need to win, have already been played. Beat Vanderbilt and lost to Mississippi State. So five left, starting with East Carolina on Saturday. That's right. And, you know, that's I, I've been saying it since it seems like the beginning of time, but really just making a bowl game to me would be such a huge uh, positive for this program and Will Muschamp's first year. You know, the, the, the Muschamp regime has already recruited excellently so far since they've been at South Carolina. It would be an even better story for them to sell recruits if they're able to say, look, you know, we, we were able to take a three and nine team and, uh, take them to a bowl game in our first year. The future's bright here. You've got an opportunity to come in and play and make an impact pretty quickly. So I'd love to see that happen as a South Carolina fan, but realistically, as, a as you just said, Texas A&M, Tennessee, Florida, Georgia, Clemson, even the most optimistic Gamecock fan. Gosh, it's, it's tough to see a pathway to victory in those, in those five games. And so 
for South Carolina to get to a bowl game, those other uh, remaining games pretty much become must-wins. I hate to drop the must-win term here in week three. I mean, I, I you know, yeah. anything can happen in a football season, but but this East Carolina game is huge. I mean, it's, it is tremendously important. If this team wants to show some signs of momentum in 2016, it's at home. It's the home opener. South Carolina fans really usually always do a great job of showing up for the home opener, regardless of what's been happening. And, uh, this game's a sellout. I think it's going to be loud and hopefully raucous in there. And we really need a good showing from the fans, as we got from Mississippi State's fans this past week coming off a disappointing loss. So um, I think this game's huge. East Carolina has had a good offense for several years now, running through various coaching staff. But um, this game's always pretty much a dogfight. Even when South Carolina has had good teams, they've sometimes struggled with East Carolina. So a really important game for the Gamecocks it is. on Saturday. It is, and we're looking for a big turnout from Gamecock Nation to welcome this Gamecock team home for the first time in 2016 and give Will Muschamp a proper welcome to williams Bryce Stadium in his first game there. So 4 o'clock kickoff for South Carolina and East Carolina coming up on Saturday. This is Gamecock Central Radio. I'm Emerson Phillips. Scott Davis, Gamecock Central columnist, joining us today to talk about the Mississippi State game this past Saturday night and talking about uh, this coming weekend's game with East Carolina as well. You can download the Gamecock Central Radio app. We have a free phone app on the App Store and on Google Play. To subscribe to this podcast, search for Gamecock Central Radio. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, and other popular services, or just visit radio.gamecockcentral.com. Scott, certainly don't want to suggest that there's no way South Carolina could win any of the five tough games that we mentioned, Georgia, Florida, Clemson, Tennessee, Texas A&M, but we certainly feel like you know the Gamecocks will be underdogs in all five of those games, and they're going to be tough to win. So the East Carolina game does take on a little bit of added importance when you look at it from that standpoint. And, uh, Scott, reading your column this week, one of the things that I enjoy that you talk about almost weekly is your wife's ambivalence toward Gamecock football. <laughs> She's got other things going on on Gamecock football Saturdays most weeks yeah it's uh it's been a strange uh couple of years for her because she was as big and 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 is as big a south carolina football fan as anyone but the uh the first downward season that we had with steve spurrier in 2014 when we went six and six in the regular season and then won um the bowl game to close it out, you could start to see signs that she was uh, losing faith in this program and, and beginning to, to, to question whether we were headed back to the 90s under Brad Scott or something. And then after last year's 3-9 and nine debacle, it's just been tough to get her on board with this team. <laughs> she, she does still watch the games, but fusses at me for taking them too seriously. So we've got to do something to – regenerate her enthusiasm for sure. Scott, last year you gave out Pharaoh Cooper game balls, but since he's now a member of the Los Angeles Rams, we're looking for a sponsor for the game ball awards, but we're still giving out game balls. Who you got this week? Yeah, I gave one to my in-laws because uh, my wife's parents watched the game with them. They're huge Gamecock fans, season ticket holders. They were devastated by the outcome of the Mississippi State game and uh, handled it just as poorly as I did. So I appreciated being with them to watch the game. Um, my, my dad, he always tries to stay positive. I gave him one as well because he really had nothing to work with. But 
finally was able to come through by texting me that at least we hadn't lost in as excruciating a manner as Oklahoma State did against Central Michigan this week. And so that was his effort to uh, to keep the glass half full. So those were a couple that I handed out. Handed out a few more as well to some young guys as we talked about earlier. And, um, you know, there are always things to find positives about as long as you enjoy watching football and have fun with it. Will Muschamp got a game ball from you in your column this week as well, Scott. And in talking with Gamecock fans, I get the feeling that Muschamp is really being embraced as a new member of the Gamecock football family. Uh, the impression I'm getting is that he's one of us. And, I, you know, no, yeah. no disrespect to Steve Spurrier, but we've known Spurrier made his reputation at Duke and at Florida. And maybe he was not Gamecock to the bone, but I get the impression mm-hmm. from talking to a lot of folks that Will Muschamp is a Gamecock, and he's one of us. I, I 100% agree, and I, I've been very pleased, in fact, with the reception he's received from the Gamecock faithful. Uh, there, You know, the national media, as I've written many times, questioned this hire. They weren't sure that South Carolina was making the right move to replace a legend like Steve Spurrier with Will Muschamp, who had had some ups and downs of Florida. Um, but the Gamecock fans who had, you know, reasons, as I just said, to perhaps question the move have really embraced Will Muschamp. And I, I'm glad to see that. And he's embraced this school and this place. And uh, to see him on the sidelines first against Bandy the previous week, he really looked ecstatic after that win. I mean, he just really – it was, a couple of years ago, Steve Spurrier came in after – a win at Vandy, same setting, and said uh, it was the least satisfying win of his career. Um, with Will Muschamp, at least right now, you know you don't get the feeling that you're going to hear things like that. He knows where this team is. He knows it's going to be a, a long uphill climb to get back to respectability and competitiveness. And his demeanor on Saturday night really suggested that that he was taking the loss hard. And I think Gamecock fans want to see a coach do that. They they want a coach who is feeling the way they feel about what's happening on the field, and Will Muschamp is providing that. I want to encourage folks to read Scott Davis's column on Gamecock Central this week. Uh, Scott, talk about statute of limitations for car flags. Yeah, you know, <laughs> listen, this has been a long time thing for me, Emerson. You know, I've I, I've owned car flags. I like car flags. I, I'm a believer in car flags for fans. They show that you support your team. It's it's fun when you're driving to a game at Williams Bryce and you're on the interstate and you pass car after car with the flags flying. It really gets you in the mood for getting to the game, tailgating, and and watching some football. So uh, believe me, buy car flags, put them up. I, I want to see them out there. But there's got to be some etiquette here. You know, a bumper sticker is pretty subtle. If you have a Carolina bumper sticker, it just quietly suggests, hey, look, I support these guys. When you've got the flag flying, you know, that's that's really an in-your-face statement. And in my opinion, I think that you, you, you fly them to the game. If you win the game, you keep them flying on the way home, and then you put them up. Uh, until the next week, unless the win was just a tremendous program-changing kind of victory. Um, if you lose, and especially lose in the manner in which South Carolina lost on Saturday night in, in emphatic fashion, 
I'm not sure what you're uh, suggesting by flying the flags the next day on Sunday morning. Again, a very in-your-face statement to the rest of the world. It's almost as though you're denying what just happened happened. And uh, I think you go ahead and furl those things and wait until the next Saturday. But just my opinion. You guys, uh, you guys can be fans, however you would like to be. That's right. And we hope everybody will break those car flags out when you head to Williams-Brice for the East Carolina game coming up on Saturday, the first home game of the 2016 season. Scott, we're expecting a spirited crowd and a spirited effort from a Gamecock football team that should be welcomed very warmly at home for the first time this year. And Gamecocks need a win. No two ways about it. Absolutely. I hope everybody shows up on Saturday. I hope it's loud and and crazy in there, and I and I know it will be. South Carolina fans are a resilient group. They know where this program is, I think, for the most part. And I think they'll be there, and they'll be loud on Saturday. Yeah, I love the 4 o'clock kickoff also, Scott. You know, at noon kickoff, 1 o'clock kickoff, you feel like you rushed getting to the stadium early in the morning to beat the traffic in. And if you play, you know, 7.30 or 8 o'clock game, you know, it's often after midnight before you're able to – getting mm-hmm. through traffic and on your way back home. So 4 o'clock kick should be ideal, and we're looking forward to yep, it. I agree. You know, for those of us like me who live in Atlanta, which is three hours away, it's a great time. At this moment, I am looking to be in Williams-Brice Stadium on Saturday, which I'm excited about. That's provided I can get tickets. This game's selling out pretty quickly after the Gamecocks beat Vanderbilt. But uh, I plan to be there, and as you said, the 4 o'clock start's good. You can get Plenty of good tailgating time in and uh, still get home before, um, you know, midnight. So, looking forward to it. All right, Scott. Rough loss for the Gamecocks at Mississippi State this past Saturday, but you do a fantastic job writing for GamecockCentral.com, and I enjoyed reading your column. Give us a little fan's perspective each week on Gamecock Central. Thank you. Thank you very much, Emerson. Looking forward to talking to you this season. We'll do it again next week. He's Scott Davis, and I'm Emerson Phillips, and this is Gamecock Central Radio. Thanks for joining us, and have a great week. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.